yes, I, I do coach. Yes, here are some stories. I shout out a lot of my clients where I can. That's great content, people. That might not be about my personal brand, but if you can shout out the awesomeness of somebody else, that's also very well received. So get a bit of that, but then also sharing that messaging about this is what I'm passionate about and why I think is the right balance. Welcome to the Inspired to Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Lay, and in each episode, I will be sharing with you insights from either an inspiring person or myself to help you thrive and shine online and in person. We talk about all things marketing, relationships, money, business, growth, mindset, and more. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you inspired to thrive. Therese, it is so nice to have you on the show. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Inspired to Thrive. Thank you for having me, Phoebe. Therese, as you know, I'm a big fan of personal branding. I am a huge fan of getting business owners to step out and brand themselves. And you've come from a background in finance, in mortgage working, and now you are helping people build their personal brands. Tell us a little bit about why you transitioned into that. Obviously, you love you love personal branding as well. We don't have to say, but I'd love to know what is what is important about personal branding and why should business owners pay attention to how they show up online? Yeah, look, my I suppose my story is 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 the forerunner, Phoebe. I had a business for 12 years. And uh, about four years ago, I changed it. So I sold that business and then I went into the coaching space. What I needed to do myself was make sure that my market or my potential market, so there's 18,000 mortgage brokers in Australia, I just simply need to get their attention. And what I needed to do is have them realise that I was no longer doing what I was doing for the previous 12 years and that I had repositioned myself and offering different services. So the only way for me to do that was to really go hard in promoting tea, which is my brand, tea for Therese, um, and Therese.co. So I really doubled down in owning that space personally. And I found that that was hugely successful for me. So for Therese.co, it's all linked, right? So, but but it is that constant, regular um, content or personal branding message that I'm putting out on all my social media channels. That plus getting out and seeing as many people as I can physically and face-to-face in any single month. So it's a combination of those two. Uh, I would go to a lot of places or I go to a lot of places now where people actually instantly recognize me and I haven't met them. And that's because I have a signature look. You do. You do. Yeah. I mean, I can spot you from a mile away. Uh, people can hear me from a mile away as well. Uh, that too. Enough. And it's interesting. So, so it was so, some of those things. So in the very conservative and very traditional banking and finance industry, I, if you had to guess what I do, nobody would ever guess that I had that background. So um, instead of, I mean, I 
the industry, I, I a few years ago, I won a national award and um, I might have cussed a little bit on stage because I was super excited about winning for the first time. And I I was told that I'll never win another award because... What? Um, yeah, because of face swearing. <laughs> and I, I, that was really devastating for me. In yeah, fact, it imagine. was um, one of the catalysts to drive me into selling that business. And I suppose in my recovery from all of that, I decided, bugger it. I'll actually own everything that um, the traditionalists don't like about me and we'll see how that goes. And that's worked pretty damn well. Wow. Mm. See, that is a story I didn't know. Mm. And I love that this has come through. And I can imagine it would have taken a lot of courage, but also thinking outside the box and going, okay, well, how am I going to keep putting myself out there? And I know you've won awards since, you know, you've, you've obviously been successful in this transition. What would you say to the men and the women that are out there that are going, well, people recognize my business and that's most important to me. And what would you say to the people that don't really believe in, you know, the need to personal brand themselves? Well, I think in 2023, that if you believe that, you have this wrong belief for this moment in time. The other thing I would also say about personal branding, and I think this is where it is empowering, if you accept the fact that you are who you are and if you own it, you will gain a lot more than you lose. Mm. And I think that, and, and, and social media is definitely that platform, I think I feel especially privileged, Phoebe, if this was 2003, I think I would struggle to have gotten out of that box that I was put into, that box that said just, oh, we need you to conform mm. um, and then we'll give you a voice. Wow. And I think the great thing about 2023 and social media is we all have the power to build our own media company. We no longer need to be the richest, the most privileged man in Babylon to be able to build a following. You've got a million followers. So like you don't need to do that this today. But what you won't get a million followers by selling products at me. Yeah. That's right. Or selling at me every single post. You've got to put some energy and that and some passion and 100% authenticity behind it. This actually reminds me of a message that I got on Facebook this morning. And I, I woke up to a really uh, beautiful lady from London sending me a message. And I started the message with, I'm just going to call her Lisa for the sake of it. Hey, Lisa, thanks for connecting with me here on Facebook. I hope you're having a great day or night. Looking forward to getting to know you, Phoebe. And I got a response and it said, hey, Phoebe, likewise, pleasure to be connected. Unfortunately, a few hours later, I got another response. Hello, Phoebe, I came across your recent posts and I was impressed. Are you looking for a performance-based appointment setter or closers? Sent me about five videos and screenshots and, uh, oh, actually, there's there's more. There's about six, seven videos, actually. Have a look at some of our active campaigns. I was not impressed no I get those as well so and I'm all for automation 
I am all for embracing ChatGPT and the magic that it brings, but that's an example of it not working. Yeah. Because yeah. not only is it... I it's, would never buy, even if I had a need for that service. Absolutely. Because if you were selling to me like that, then how are you going to sell my services to other people? Correct. And I think that I think that you know this now brings us into LinkedIn land, which I don't want to delve into too much because that's a whole, you know, there's there's a whole episode in there about that. But I think in LinkedIn land there is a lot of that going on. There's a lot of people sending messages, being like, "Hi, buy from me. This is what I sell." And the reason I bring up LinkedIn as well is because I think that personal branding is what sets people apart on LinkedIn. And more and more businesses that have pages, that have business pages, they're finding that their personal brand, if they have a message and it's shared on their profile, that actually gets more engagement, more reach, more likes, more comments than a post that was shared on a business page. Okay. And that's why I think personal branding is so, so important. Yes, and because what I would say to that, and, and I totally get the strategy of running a corporate LinkedIn page and a personal one. I don't. Um, I don't do that with anything. I, I think only Facey because it's because it's linked to my Instagram. But I, the thing with, so I don't mind it as a strategy. It's a great way you can send out your LinkedIn newsletters. That certainly gets cut through. Um, and most people send it out from their business page. Those business pages have a corporate logo. There is no emotional connection with a logo. The emotional connection is with faces. Yes. Even old faces like mine, um, <laughs> is it, it's, you know, it's 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 the relatability. It's the um, the emotion. If and and Phoebe, if I go back maybe ten years ago, I think there would be photos that I would not have approved being posted of me because I go, oh God, I look old, or I look fat, or I look dark, or whatever. Um, I am totally over that mm. these days. Much older, much crinklier. But today I actually appreciate and value it's the emotion of the image rather than the perfection of the image that'll get the cut through. I could, I'll get 10 times more reach and cut through with a highly emotive expression on my face, probably that somebody's taken, not in the best lighting, but it freaking works. So I have had to um, overcome that. Wow. I'm so glad you share that because I think that that's a lot like as a millennial, I think I, I'm I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum where I still look at my images and I want them to be perfect. And I and I'm gonna admit to that on this podcast that I, I've grown up with very high standards from my mom and my grandma. I still get the, get told today, oh, when you smile, you have wrinkles. We <laughs> let's let's kind of like iron out your face at the salon. And my mom runs a beauty salon. So she's like highly you know harsh on herself as well but also on me and so to hear that brings me so much joy because I'm like you go girl you like you are I, I love almost every single thing it, whenever I see your stuff it's not just the colors as well T but it's also the essence of who you are and I think that like we all need to share the essence of who we are and not try to hide behind the suit or the 
the corporate look and and be you the know perfection. Yeah, the perfection. Yes, exactly. And that we need to be able to be okay with you know other people kind of having a laugh or finding you know seeing the humorous side of us and seeing the sides that aren't you know what we would normally show if we were on stage for example so I love you for that I also love the story that you shared with us about what happened on stage yes I I also there's another side to that Phoebe which is also another personal driver for me so I have two adult children will probably be living with me for the next decade. I also feel as a role model, so when they're 19 and 20, you can't parent anymore. You, you're kidding yourself if you actually think, yeah, that you can parent like you did when they were 8 or 14. So the only way that now is is to influence. And the only way I believe that I can influence them to be great people is to lead by example. And I found a pixie photo. So just to give you a story, uh, an example of, of my children, and I speak their honesty and the beauty about them, they are very much their own people. Mm. Uh, they are unswayed by others and their influence, which I applaud. But I did do a video. I found a pixie filter, which I thought was awesome, made me look like a pixie. And I showed my son and said, hey, what do you think about this? He said, you look like a 50-year-old woman that has no confidence in her looks. And that's not you. And I advised you not to post that. (laughs) And I thought, damn. Wow. He's so right, yeah. He's actually quite spot on. I I think that... Sometimes these these filters, I, I remember listening to another podcast where um, I think it was a Jay Shetty podcast where a friend of his was talking about how there was a filter that made her look like 10 years younger and she almost, it almost got her to the point and she was in her 30s like me, got her to the point where she was going to go under the knife. To look like the filtered photo. Right. I know. It's sad. And we are constantly seeing things on Instagram, for example, where people look so perfect and so tanned and their skin's glowing. And a lot of the time it's filters and young people don't know that as well. That's right. People are influenced by what they see all the time. And if people are waking up and going to to sleep, going through feeds where people are always looking good and sharing their best selves, well, what kind of a generation are we cultivating? And I think really the personal branding side of things, like just to bring it all back into that, I think that it's not about like, yeah, you've got to just like personal branding, let's go and get a photographer and a videographer and let's just like film a whole bunch of videos and Q&As and answer questions and, you know, talk about the latest news or bust some myths I think personal branding is about story sharing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I do, Phoebe. I, uh, yes, it's story sharing. I also think, too, I'm very passionate about, as you know, women supporting women is a cause that I'm very passionate about because I come from an industry where female representation is just south of 24%. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm very passionate about collaboration over competition. I'm hugely passionate. 
also about mental illness and also mental health. So they become part of my personal branding story yes. as well. So the messaging, yes, is about, yes, I, I do coach. Yes, here are some stories. I shout out a lot of my clients where I can. That's great content, people. That might not be about my personal brand, but if you can shout out the awesomeness of somebody else, that's also very well received. So get a bit of that, but then also sharing that messaging about this is what I'm passionate about and why, um, I think is the right balance. I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that is a content pillar for those that are listening that everyone should add to their content plan. It's, you know, a shout out of a client's win or, you know, if a client's post is doing well, reshare that and just say, hey, that's let's celebrate this. They've won an award. They're our client. Let's celebrate that. Yes. Can I do one more point to around, I suppose, the success of building a strong personal brand that's connected? And it's not just about what you're posting. It's actually about listening and paying attention on social media as well. So not just being somebody that posts and runs, but somebody that's also taking the time to have a look at what others are posting, what other people have taken the time and effort to post um, across all channels. It's a great way to understand if you really know your target market as well and you're connected with leaders, not necessarily in your industry, but also outside. If you're listening to what they're saying on with their social content, it's a great way to understand what your market's talking about what's topical, what their fears and concerns at, and that can help to inspire you to create content that matters to them as well. I don't think I post anything that sells. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And I think that what you've just shared there reminds me of one time that you spoke at a networking event, in fact, and you were talking about your routine with socials. Share with us and the listeners about your routine when it comes to what do you do just before you post and and what do you do right after as well? So I call it the practice of social gratitude. So what I do is before I post, every day before I post, I will go to my feed and I will like 30 posts in my feed. I'll avoid to sponsored posts. So Swim Mart or Salesforce don't need my like. So we avoid the sponsored ones. That means that I'm getting into like that grassroots community on social media. So I like 30 and of those 30, I select six where I would comment on. Except for Instagram, I'll emoji the shit out of Instagram. I don't necessarily need to use words. So if I do six, that's basically one in five. I start with my Instagram feed. And then I go to Facey and then I go to LinkedIn. I rinse and repeat. And after I've done that, that's when I've earned the right to post my share out to the community. And what I tend to find is if you do that as, as, a, as a habitual practice, it's the best, most effective way to build a great audience organically and to make great connections and also have that deeper conversation with people through DMing and all of that I have achieved by simply the art of social gratitude. I love that. Mm. I love that because if you can give, 
people will reciprocate. And if you are constantly just posting just about me, 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 it's all about me, us, 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 we, 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 well, the we is good, but the me part, we've got to also keep in mind that we don't want to come across as narcissists on social media. People are on social media because they want to learn something. At the end of the day, they're scrolling because they want to either improve or learn something or, yes, they might be bored, but they also are wanting to kind of stimulate their minds. So if you can provide humorous posts, educational posts, things that are actually going to add value as opposed to this is me, look at me, look at what I did today, this is what I ate today, this is where where I went today. People aren't as shallow as people think on online. Mm. And, yes, like, you know, there is a group of people out there that are, you know, they're into the fashion and they're, you know, that. But at the end of the day, your audience they, I think the best brands, the ones that do the best, like the best accounts and social media are the ones that really just don't care about what others think. And they're just putting out humorous, down to earth, real life posts. And, you know, they're, they're adding value as well. Like they're sharing maybe funny things that are actual real stories. For example, there's this husband and wife that I follow in America they are absolutely hilarious and and T I think that like if you ever follow these accounts you'll end up hooked so Alex and John uh shout out to them they've also got a podcast as well they share some epically funny real life scenarios of her and her husband and it'll be like it'll be things like what happens when when I come home and how I you know for example how I how I convince my husband that we're going on a date with with this other couple and make him think he's a, it was his idea <laughs> you know things like that all these funny things but they're adding value right so the reason I bring that up is because yeah People want to, they want to learn, they want to laugh, they want to have fun, they want to see lighter sides of you as well. They do. So, T, talking about women supporting women, mm. like I know that International Women's Day has just passed and we've, we've all still got that awesome energy of the week that happened and, and it's not just about one day or one week. It's actually, it's something that we should carry through 365 days of the yes. year. What was a big takeaway you had this year from International Women's Day 2023? Oh, wow. That's a big question. Okay, so there's, and I feel rightly ashamed, but for me one of the biggest things I learned um, this year was actually the history of International Women's Day and why why March 8th. And I did, I was speaking at an event, I think for about 60 people on International Women's Day, and I did pose the question, it was a larger, predominantly female audience, So, and nobody knew. But it goes back to the war between the Tsarists and the Bolsheviks in Russia in 1917. So it was the 23rd of February, and the war had been raging, and the female workers of Russia... Um, as a solidarity movement joined together and said, we're going to strike and we will strike until there is peace and until there is bread. And that strike lasted four days and it resulted in um, the abdication of the Tsar, Tsar Nicholas from Russia, and 
the start of the provisional government in in Russia. So at the end of the four days, and then as part of uh, that strike-breaking deal, they gave women the right to vote. So that was the 23rd of February, and I can't remember, it was the Julian calendar, and then when Russia moved over uh, to the Western calendar, the 23rd of February became the 8th of March, and that is why we now celebrate International Women's Day. And when I think about the bravery and courage of Russian women in Russia at that time, which was freaking brutal, that would have taken an incredible amount of courage because they would kill. So I think it that was a remarkable story. And I had no idea until the morning of March 8th. Wow. Mm. It is it is very, very interesting that it's not it's not just something that happened in the last three to five years. It's actually been going on for it's been around for a while, but I think that in the last in my mind, anyway, in my perspective, the last three to five years, it has like the message has really picked up. Do you I get agree. that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel that it's starting to come through and there's some ripple effects and some changes that are really happening. And and it's also I had this conversation because on, on International Women's Day, I was, you know, I was speaking to quite a number of different men and women that day. I was in Sydney um, and I was at the Business Chicks Conference, the breakfast. And it was a fantastic day. And I remember um, right after the event last week, I, I caught up with someone who, a male, and he was telling me that he actually got quite attacked on International Women's Day a couple of years ago because he was the only male in the room and there were women that were saying, well, what do you know about International Women's And I was quite surprised because I, I think International Women's Day is about the men and the women rising up together for more equality, but also, you know, we I mean, this year's theme was equity, right? We all we all need to know that we don't come from the same background and um that not everyone came from, you know, an equal start. But also we need to celebrate our allies, right? We we need to celebrate the men that support us, that you know, that help us, that even just a little, you look great in that, babe, or you look fantastic, you look gorgeous, or you go, girl. Just like the, the little things that men do play a big role in us women being able to step into the shoes that we're in today. Yeah, I I am not somebody that agrees with exclusive events. Mm. And I've got an event on tomorrow that you're coming to. I think we've got 150 people there and we've made it very, very clear that this is open to both men and women. Yes, we're celebrating International Women's Day, but we want the men in the room to elevate women as well. Yes. Do we want someone like Prince Andrew? Probably not. He would be somebody that would look at that event and go, not for me, everyone's Mm. too old, right? So the men that aren't into the spirit of it would not be attracted. The men that love the women in their lives see that as an event that they would be honoured to come and support. Yeah, and I think that I'm sure there will be an International Men's Day one day once they decide, you know, they want to do that as well. I'm all for that as well. But I think that it's 
you know, it's it's not about just like a day just to celebrate women. It's really about a day to raise awareness about the gap, right? The pay gap or the rights gap. And we might not see um, a huge pay gap in the future, but there definitely was one. And there's a reason why International Women's Day started. There's a reason why, you know, women have started to be able to vote in certain countries. There's a reason why there are rights that are given to women that weren't given to women before, right? And, and I think the world is shifting. And I I think that as a as a millennial, when I look at International Women's Day now, I go, I wonder if my children are going to look at it and go, why does this exist? Um, we did truly embrace equity, and there and and diversity and inclusion is something yeah. like imagine a world where it doesn't matter. We don't need to be activists for that sort of change. I think that would be amazing. But Phoebe, if I go back to my first job. I worked at um, a bank and at the time there was no compulsory superannuation. And I, but so interesting for me then, I, same job, same role, same position. So my male counterpart got paid more by virtue of the fact that the bank paid uh, into a superannuation scheme for him, but not to me. Oh, wow. Because I would probably at some point leave the bank and have babies so Mm. why would they invest in a retirement fund for me so and that is 1983 not that long ago and I relate that story today and people are aghast to think that that sort of that blatant discrimination existed in my you know as part of my early working life Mm. So that was only 39 years ago oh, God. or yeah. 30 or 40 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's that's not that long ago to, if you really think about it. I mean, you know, the history of like, you know, if we just look at Australian history, it's not mm-hmm. that long either, right? So that's actually not that long ago. Paid paternity leave is not a decade old yeah. in this country, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow, I... I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Mm. That's uh, <laughs> there you go, listeners. So th- there's some fun facts for you today. Now, Therese, I I'd love to ask you some rapid fire questions, if I may. I, I find that my listeners always um, enjoy this part, and also the the wonderful guests that have been on the show in the past. And so I'm going to ask you four to five questions depending on our time and I'd love to for you to just tell me whatever it is that you feel is the first answer that you have in mind some of these are pretty deep so here we go so Therese if there was one thing you cannot live a single day without whether it's something physical or non-physical what would it be don't overthink it don't overthink it um I, I, I probably couldn't live without walking my dogs on the beach oh that's a great ritual uh, that that would be lovely. That sets my day up perfectly. Yeah, I'm the same. I well, I don't live that close to the beach, but I cannot start my day like I cannot actually start getting into my work day without making sure that my girl, my my beautiful border collie Evie, has had her ball time and she's had her run and I've seen and I'm I'm seeing her puffed and she's tired and and I know that you know like we've done our exercise for the day so I love that 
What or who was it that inspired you to do what you do today? So 10 years ago, my best friend died. Um, She was an amazing lady by the name of Gay Ryan. I met Gay uh, after I'd left my practice husband in Sydney and I pretty much closed my eyes, took a stab at the wall and decided, Cairns, that's where I'll go. That's where I'll run away to. So never having been there before. So I uh, I did that. I booked and stayed at um, at a backpackers. Uh, so so did that. Woke up the next morning with this crazy redhead who told me that she owned the backpackers, and I must have got in late last night. Um, and a best friend friendship was was developed from there. And even today, I will always sit back and say. What would Gay say? Yeah. Well, what would Gay advise? And she truly was a larger than life personality who couldn't care less what anybody thought and was also a great one of being able to remove herself from toxic people in a really, really beautiful way Um, and without without buying into the drama. So I I would say that she changed my life at, um in my when I was in my early 30s. So yeah. Wow. Mm. She sounds amazing. Mm. And I love that you are large you are the larger than life woman in our circle, you know, and I love that you have been inspired by a friend that still to this day it sounds like her voice you know you can still hear her message and her voice Mm -hmm. and the legacy that she's left behind that's so beautiful thank you t for sharing that t i know five years seems like a long time or it could be a short time but where do you see yourself in five years time and what would you have want to have accomplished i about five years ago i or maybe a little bit less than that i decided to make a very mindful decision to live a more effortless life uh which has been fantastic philosophy and which which to live by and that's across every part of my life so it's it's about work it's about relationships it's about living it's about eating it's about exercise everything everything i do i go is this the most effortless way that i can do this and if it's not, how can I make it more effortless in five years' time? So I am launching a new business. So we'll, official launch is one May. I So work-wise or fulfillment-wise, I'm doing that with a business partner, which is super exciting. I uh, The vision, I suppose, work-wise or business-wise for that is that um, we would have at least 500 subscribers to our new business within five years. Wow. Mm. Go you. I'm sure you'll make it. I'm sure you'll exceed that too. I'm excited to hear about that. Excited to see that take off as well. T, what is one big takeaway that you've recently had that changed the way you see the world? Okay, and I think this goes, I have to think about that, and I think this goes back to um, the decision to pursue a more effortless life. So my daughter tried to kill herself during COVID in the deepest, darkest part of COVID where we had that really horrible lockdown where they closed the playgrounds on us and everything. Um, So it was during um, that time. 
um, I had to I had to be there for Sally, um, and and that was an exercise in itself. So while uh, in the ambulance and going to emergency, that was fine. While she was in ICU for three days in a coma, that was fine. Once she then moved to the general ward. I had to phone every day at 8.30 to the hospital. who had to phone Spring Street that had to call me back when they got the approval from the Premier's office that I can go and visit um, my under-18-year-old daughter um, who is very... Uh, I had days where she was texting me 50 times before that approval came through. So some days I would get to the hospital at... 9.30am and some days if it was 11.30am they simply wouldn't let me in um, without that form so that was in incredibly hard. I then needed to be there for Sal as she recovered from that which is good so we're um, she's great today. Then last October I get hit so just when you think you're on top of it so my very fit as shit mother one day had hiked 5Ks in the Queensland bush to see kangaroos and the next day had a stroke and was found 30 hours later. Uh, so I had to jump on a plane uh, to Brisbane because they gave her 24 hours to live. So I think a combination of those absolute blindsided events means that I need to work in a very smart and impactful way. Wow, T. And work with great freaking clients because I it, it only that I had such a strong and supportive network and only that I only choose to work with clients with an ideal client type. Um, and because of that, it, it was very forgiving and I was able to very much change things around it the last minute. It was also a catalyst for me making the decision to partner um, with somebody else to launch a new business where I can have a dramatically greater impact in less time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I think your mother had a stroke in the same month as my grandmother who raised me like I was her daughter and she's a mother figure in my life. I, I always say my mum's like my sister and my grandma's <laughs> like my mother. <laughs> but I'm the older sister. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, and... I, the reason I bring that up is because, like, on on that topic of you know health, I, I guess we're we're in the topic of health now, yeah. and I think it has. I don't know for you, but for me, it has made me really, really appreciate the fact that I come from a bit of a medical background. So I had a radiography background. I was a medical imaging practitioner. Mm -hmm radiographer um, for four years before I started my business and, and left all of that behind. I remember I was in Byron with my girlfriends and my mum called me on the final night of our trip and she said, your grandma's had like seven falls in one day. And I was like, that's not right. Grandma, just like your mum is very, very, very fit. And I went, she needs to go straight to the hospital and she needs to get her brain scanned. 
Now, unfortunately, it took them like 48 hours before they like acknowledged that and they were x-raying her tummy before they even x-rayed, like scanned her brain, which is so frustrating. But I think that it it's made me appreciate that, first of all, we, you know, like we all need to understand the symptoms and the signs and and we need to be really, you know, proactive about our health, our family, but also very you know, I think there's a lot of these things that happen and we don't expect it, but you can't really go back and go, I couldn't have changed any of that either, except be in the moment with them, love them, give them love, you know, show our appreciation for them and just be present with everyone who's around us as much as we can. And I think that's a great message for EBA about being present. So if you're going to be there, be there. Don't be there and have one eye on the phone and scrolling and looking at you. Yeah. Yeah. So even mum today, who's in a nursing home, she's changed. And I think we've all been grieving that change from a very lucid fit woman mm. to somebody that now can't live independently. Yeah. It's been hard for her as well because she sort of knows but doesn't know and I suppose we're now working through the acceptance phase so my my sister says oh god she phoned me at 10 o'clock this last night because she thought it was St Patrick's Day and she's all dressed ready to go and you go well that's the new her yes yeah yeah, so don't, yeah that's the new her that's right and I don't think we need to shame anybody and um and be frustrated it, just to say Hey, close, close, Barb, but just a little bit early. <laughs> I love that. I think the acceptance and also celebrating that she's she's around, like she's still got that essence of who she is. And, yeah, people change. We, we don't all stay this well or this bit or this switched on all the time forever. We've got to make the most of it. I think, well, for me anyway, that's my that's that was my big takeaway. I, yeah. I know this is a, this is about you, so I should let this be about you. <laughs> that was my big takeaway mm. from that, and I just wanted to share it because I think it was a remarkable that yeah, both such important women in our lives that happened in such a short amount of time. Mm. Therese, there's one last question that I have, and I'm sure the listeners would love to hear this as well. And it is, if you could leave the world with one message, what would it be? Let go and be kind. Beautiful. Such a good one. And don't buy into the drama. Yes. It's, again, it's it's one of those founding principles about living an effortless life. And the Stoics will say it, you know, so be the river stone and let the water rush over you. If somebody is gossiping about you, if somebody is complaining because you said the F-bomb on stage because you're excited, I think that's a reflection on them and it is no reflection on me. Yeah. Ah, uh, absolutely. I've been talking about this today, actually. Have you? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, sorry, not today, this week. But, yeah, I've literally felt that and and also felt the liberation of going, you know what, that hurt and I'm going to grieve the friendship or I'm going to grieve or, you know, pay attention to whatever I'm feeling, but I'm not going to react from what I'm feeling and go, oh, well, here's a stab back and say this, this, and this. I'm going to just pause for a couple of days, think about it, think about maybe what they're going through, and it might take you a couple of days, and then I'm going to 
reply to that with love, but also remove myself from that. Yes. Because our time is way too precious and we need to be surrounded by people that genuinely, yes, genuinely, genuinely want to see us win and succeed and be proud and happy for us that are going to make us better and stronger. And people that will, yeah, like you say, on the sidelines, be like, woo, go her. Or that record, or that genuinely see that you have been quiet, or there is something, and that genuinely will reach out to say, "Are you okay? Mm. I notice that you're not yourself." I love people like that. Yeah. Wow, Therese, I'm I'm so thrilled I've had you on this show. I'm so grateful that you're here. I had a moment during that interview where I was thinking, "Wow, I've been." visualizing us sitting in this room having this conversation and it's just happened and I'm so grateful and for those that are listening um I'm going to share Teresa's Instagram LinkedIn Facebook and any other links any other anything else that you want to share like any events that are coming up I mean you and I are going to be running a workshop in June which we will put as well in the show notes when it comes closer to the day but yeah it's so good to have you here. I'm so excited. It's been thrilling. Thank you so much for having me, Phoebes. And thank you so much for all that you've shared. And I'm so grateful to our listeners for supporting this show and to you know our generous, uh, all the guests that have shared their time and their wisdom and knowledge with us. Thank you, Therese. Thank you.